section seventy three of the world war this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume fifteen the world war edited by horatio w dresser section seventy three behind the Iser, nineteen sixteen by maud mortimer the french field hospital mentioned in the following sketch is about five miles from the firing line to it are brought the wounded who may not without danger go farther maud mortimer is one of many american women who volunteered for this service the editor the sun rises at last on a glistening world all night a furious cannonade has broken the secretive silence of the falling snow it has grown at times so violent that our shacks have creaked and rocked and our beds rumbled under us as though sharply twitched and springing back with a vibratory movement starting from the corner pointing toward the loudest noise high up to the right stodgily swings a so peace observation balloon keeping watch on the enemy lines and aeroplanes with their painted discs red white and blue buzz over us like great blowflies more and more of them speckle the distance while little balls of smoke now black now white materialize around them for a moment then are unwound and dragged in long feathery wakes by the light breeze until finally engulfed in the insatiable blue of the cloudless day uninterruptedly the routine of the hospital runs on to the accompaniment of the continuous roar along the front up and down the wooden pathways the stretcher-bearers carry the wounded from their wards to the operating-rooms and back again to their beds the scarlet stretcher-blankets showing up against the snow there is plenty of time to-day to attend to them all in the afternoon our dapper general in immaculate red trousers dustless black coat and braided cap his hand on the shining scabbard at his side pauses for a moment to listen then looking along the suffering beds he says exultantly c'est moi qui tire all day long bang and rattle rattle and bang a series of apparently disconnected explosions or the continuous jarring sound of machine-guns like long heavy chains dragged clanking through iron hawse holes the whole forming in my mind a rhythmic sequence to which a graphic form linked loops and dots domed curves and sharply pointed angles jerked from the point of some monster telegraphic needle might perhaps be given for twenty-four hours no newcomers the obsession of the thundering guns lifts from our spirits as we remember the general's words and begin to hope the damage done is all on the other side it is nearly dinner-time suddenly three whistles announcing the arrival of blesse wounded sound shrilly off i speed trying to keep my balance on the narrow paths now slippery in the evening frost standing at the door of the salle d'attente are two 
ambulances the drivers with grave faces holding lanterns while stretcher-bearers gently lift or help the wounded out of the cars two four six seven they are all in now i follow them into the long room round which from lanterns dim black frame slices of light move unsteadily three men variously bandaged stand facing me smiling good evening on stretchers on the floor are four shapeless heaps a second to check a wave of sick apprehension at sight of them whose need is the most pressing we unwrap blankets lift them one by one onto beds but here is one who cannot be moved he seems unconscious the left trouser has been split open to the top leaving bare a leg the knee a little raised model blue by gunpowder it lies queerly zigzag on the stretcher in an unleg-like way the right leg is bandaged as also the whole right arm and hand of which the bandages are soaked with recent bleeding the upper part of the left arm is bandaged too and as for the head tiny rivulets of blood from scalp forehead and nose have trickled down it like some ghastly wig combed over the face leaving nothing familiarly human visible and have spread to neck and chest as far as we can see through the partly open shirt is this thing lying there so still alive hot water bottles quickly i take the right boot off the frozen foot and am just beginning to cut the laces of the other heavy boot which still hangs on the end of the limp bare blue leg when a clear firm voice says don't give yourself the trouble madam to remove that when they cut off my leg the boot can come off with it i look up and catch the glance of two steady bright young eyes peering at me through that lamentable mask eugene sureau seventy ninth territorials that is all written on a card over your bed indelibly also written in my memory why do i so remember you eugene sureau you came in the night when i was not even on duty it did not fall to me to cut off the torn blood-soaked clothes to give you the first cheer the first warmth after the wet cold unthinkable trenches and the torturing journey over rough roads in a poorly hung ambulance where in the dark you must have lain silently shrinking under each fresh jolt it snowed the night you came in and all the day following a fine hard snow that sparkled on the little wooden ways that spanned the mud between our shacks it sparkled too on the high-sitting old windmill which through so many sunsets i had seen turning like ver heron's mill on a sky couleur de lis even the colour of the lees of wine was not in the sky on that evening when you found your place in my memory eugene sureau i did not see your wounds sometimes that gaping indecent horror photographs itself on the mind they told me you had come in full of shrapnel wounds but that was true of so many others once or twice during the day as i passed your bed i had smiled you 
comment allez-vous mon ami how are you my friend and heard your patient ce ne va pas très bien ma soeur when at nightfall of that same white day i turned into sal four you were not in my mind eugene sereau i had forgotten the big stretcher-bearer who lay so uncomplainingly in bed six the ward was darkened and the day orderlies had gone off duty only the orderly whose watch held him there until midnight was noiselessly moving from bed to bed preparing the men for their night of pain but round bed six the screens were drawn and hearing me open the door a nurse beckoned to me from a space between them he has just died i am alone will you help me to lay him out there you were the play of that patient smile still across your lips the doctors had done what they could for you but your wounds were too many and a terrible hemorrhage had left you too weak to bear more both your legs were bandaged from hip to heel take the forceps out of that wound and put on layers of wool and more bandages the nurse whispered and as i obey and add to the deforming bandages wool and yet more wool you seem so little dead so warm that with a shame-faced sense of intrusion i expect to see your eyes turn on me or a look of pain tighten your lips no muscle moves we can do as we will with you we cannot hurt you you are warm yet far away you are warm yet life which your athlete's body and strong sweet face had perhaps made dear to you has gone as capriciously as mysteriously as she came are you satisfied not to be i vaguely wonder or is that quiet smile merely the tribute of the parting guest to his host a well-bred acknowledgment of favours received of discomforts too short-lived to be remembered we have wrapped you in your shroud fastened the corner with its purple satin cross over your head the nurse has stolen away through the hushed and now sleeping ward to call the stretcher-bearers i stand beside you becoming compassionately more and more aware of the fine strong lines of your body then suddenly i glance up and see the card over your bed eugene sereau seventy-ninth territorials what are you to me but a name a fine line a thrill at one more turn of the screw among so many others heroically born yet from that moment you live for me on some sunny countryside in france or your mother your wife your gosses playing at soldiers perhaps and talking of your homecoming all unconscious are they that you lie here shrapnel torn in this darkened sleeping ward still warm but dead while i stooping down give you in their place the kiss of peace the living give the dead you have been dead since the beginning of the world yet you are still warm eugene sereau why does your name so echo in my memory what were you eugene sereau when i arrived he le Gru, was already one of the pets of the hospital and the pride of the doctors not because of any show of health he made poor lamb 
but because he was still alive after all they had been allowed to do to him and out of gratitude to him for all they thought they had learned to do against another time as a little boy he had been an acrobat and his delicate grown-up boniness still gave one some idea of what that reedy childhood must have been then weary of that hard life or kicked out of the company for some slip he became a waiter in a cafe never very communicative he was as silent on that score as on others we can only infer that something learned there or before led him to commit le crime ever so little a one perhaps such as many we know may have committed only you see he was so thin in body and environment there was nothing with which to cover it up while others less exposed well padded with fortune and with place sail virtuously on their ways all unsuspected this crime then he as i have said having nothing with which to hide it lay not only naturally bare but was dragged into a glittering artificial light by those whose interest it may have been to blacken and defame him and so gain another soldier for the not too popular african light infantry he was condemned of course and poured as they so forcibly say into the bataillon d'afrique to be a zephyr or joyeur then and until his death brave boys many of these joyeurs are their crimes forgotten when the war bugles blow they are sent to the hottest corners for having nothing to lose but a trifling something of physical enjoyment and perhaps of physical comfort they fight with a daring and a foolhardiness born of their adventurous irresponsible lives their zealous light-heartedness wins for them their name and if good fighters they are no less heroes under suffering as i for one happen to know there is always of course a chance of rehabilitation dangle before the eyes of any one of them who more desperate than the rest shall win a military laurel by some signal deed of daring once the cross or medal is pinned on his breast he can if still whole be poured into a regiment of better social repute whitewash his blackened name and salve the old family sore that his backsliding may have caused but as one boy explained to me the grapes so gathered too often turn sour in the eating it is sufficient for a theft or some unfathered act of insubordination to be committed in his new surroundings presto it is the joyeur who is guilty why go any farther we have all heard of the dog and his name the joyeur even with his cross of honour bought at a so much higher price than other people's crosses generally prefers to remain in his own battalion where there is honour even among thieves our legru then joyous one or a light breeze a bullet through the spleen and kidney half flayed with stomach liver and part of his intestines laid impudically bare drains in the abdominal cavity and in his back was one of the pets of the hospital and of the medical staff if the doctors cherished him and cherished themselves in him he no less cherished the doctors one especially a fine figure of a man all that legru was not who to real skill added the happy hand 
so dear to those suffering men and who in return was adored by them monsieur le major est un chic type le Gru would say and a happy look of confidence would flit across the emaciated face lighting into significance the bright brown eyes high hectic cheekbones and somewhat oblique thin nose every one spoke of le Gru and asked after each dressing how he was glanced many times a day at the chart over his bed and speculated what he would be fit for when rehabilitated by a decoration of which even a whisper would send his temperature speeding up to the danger point his wounds finally drained and cleaned he should be handed on by us to a base hospital and thence mingle once more in his country's civil life the grey hospital ambulance with its prominent red cross never whirled one of us into the nearest town there to buy provisions and other household necessities without bringing back some dainty for le Gru, oysters fish petit gâteaux or fruit in the hope of tempting his capricious appetite and winning for ourselves his thanks yes certainly he was one of the pets of the hospital and not only did he adore his doctor but he also adored his faithful friend the nurse his nurse to whom alone by virtue of her skill and devotion was entrusted the ceremony of his terrible dressings and whose care came nearer to a true mother's than anything this boy had ever known and yet his mother lived how we found it out i do not know that was one of the things that always set us thinking at rare intervals he would mention a sister but never never had any one of us heard him speak of his mother did he know her shamed and broken-hearted by that slip that blot that crime by reason of which he was poured into the bataillon d'afrique we shall never know here then you have his life with us the slow dragging days coloured only by his changing moods mixture alike of fineness and coarseness at moments pulling one up short with a sense of one's own inferiority then again flashing too crude a light on that past of which we guessed so much and knew so little at the end of four months by one of those brusque changes common i am told in all military hospitals do some say to intrigue others to a legitimate desire on the part of a paternal general staff to give to all medical aspirants an equal chance of experience and practice at the front the general signed the papers and our medical staff was changed the chic type among the number promotion the authorities called it though he thought otherwise and there was much heart-burning and putting of heads together in our camp when legru heard that his doctor was to go to another hospital he said brightly eh bien you will wrap me up well and take me with you alas no mon vieux you must wait until that bronchitis is better then i will come myself and fetch you au revoir et sois sage you will i hope soon be well the new doctor will be good to you Lecru lay still all that day and all the next in the evening of the second day i stood looking down at his wan pinched face with the tightening skin round nose and lips he slowly opened his eyes is there nothing i can get for you no not even prunes they were his favourite sweet things stick in my throat these days he whispered but if you will cook them 
to please you i will try to eat them a moment later he stretched out his hands to his nurse who folded him in her arms her big hot tears falling on his white face twenty minutes later the general followed by the new medecin chef turned the handle of sal one the general held a croix de guerre and a medaille militaire in his hand where is legru monsieur he is dead dead yes he lived only on his courage when they removed his doctor he lost hope and died without a word his head bent the general turned and left the ward the two little unopened boxes in his hand his sheathed sword hanging impotently at his side out of the endless muddy plains of western belgium choose some three hundred yards rather more muddy than the rest and round them draw with a loose jointed compass so that the curve may wobble here and there and try more than once to escape at a tangent a thick black line press on your point until it sinks into the soft mud and your outline becomes a ditch then out of the sticky fertile inner rim of your ditch draw up a hawthorn hedge eight feet or so in height and you have the sight of our field hospital on one side of this sticky field is a space given up to cars and ambulances and known as the yard it is bounded on its northeast side by low ramshackle wooden shacks one open in front the car shed the others closed and serving severally as cabins for the chauffeurs storehouse coal bin and mortuary chapel between the mortuary chapel and the next shack there is a space roofed over with planks to form a covered way which in turn opens upon a margin of our field and through a low wooden door in the hedge out on to the deeply rutted village road the little chapel is hung all round and curtained in with unbleached calico haunted by a taint of gangrene a plain wooden cross hangs on the east side and in the centre are trestles on which the bodies awaiting burial are laid first in their shrouds later in their plain deal coffins these coffins the carpenter once boastingly told me he could knock together in twenty minutes each the lowest terms to which this the last need of man has been reduced on a grey day in early january as i passed along one end of the yard i saw a group of poilus their helmets on their faded mottled horizon blue overcoats looped back their guns at rest with bayonets fixed the supply wagon that served us as a hearse stood under the covered way in front of them while at one side leisurely putting a stole on over his uniform and preparing to officiate at a funeral was one of our mobilized priests my favorite nurse in her dark blue cloak the small red cross on her white headdress stood a little apart from the rest waiting la loue is to be buried she whispered won't you stay with me i have but lately come to the hospital and the edge of emotion is still cutting quietly we stand together while the stretcher bearers go behind the curtains and presently reappear carrying the coffin which they slide into the supply wagon on each of our coffins for all decoration is nailed a metal cross and tenderly enough allowing for the wear and tear of daily repetition is laid a small wreath of yellow immortelles and a bunch of artificial rain-proof parma 
violets silently we fall into place first an orderly carrying a long thin plain deal cross then the soldier priest in his stole a half-open breviary in his hand a finger in the burial service then three soldiers abreast with guns and bayonets fixed behind these the impoverished hearse drawn by two shabby horses with three more soldiers on each side in single file three abreast immediately following twelve soldiers in all twelve guns twelve bayonets fixed behind the soldiers the stretcher bearers followed by a solitary mourner who has come a twenty-four hours journey to arrive too late but not too late for death after her walk the nurses a few officials orderlies any one who likes out of curiosity or piety to join our straggling procession the grey desolate day seems greyer and more desolate as we pick our way across puddles and ruts trying to catch a rhythm in twelve heavy marching feet and oscillating iron-bound wheels on rough-worn cobblestones on past the diminutive wayside chapel outside our farthest gate round a bend in the road where a dilapidated windmill stands raised on its high platform against the sky and drags ragged sails and monotonously repeated jerky circles on and on into the little village of one street over the bridge that spans the canal with its half inundated banks turning broken grey mirrors up to a glowering grey sky this canal is famous now and will be famous as long as the history of belgium is told for the heroic resistance put up behind the scant refuge of its inhospitable banks to the untiring attacks of merciless hordes most of our men many of them old territorials ordered there to beat time as they themselves would say and because in that hot corner the less precious lives might best be thrown away were wounded within a few hundred yards of the bridge across which to the heavy rhythm of tramping boots we carry them dead on and on we go meeting weary convoys who as they trudge in an opposite direction conscious their turn may be the next pay tribute by their expressionless faces and the dire simplicity of their salute to the elemental dignity of death we reach the little market at last turn sharply to our left and pass into the village church there we pause for a part of our burial service for the swung censer and the holy water sprinkled alike on living and on dead out and on through the north door to the farthest edge of the little churchyard where circling a third of the space row on row four abreast rough black wooden crosses high as a man tell their tale End of section seventy three